The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in this week. It's great to have you with us. If you've been tuning into Working on a Purpose, then you know that this show is about showcasing guests who are meaningfully or personally connected to their work, or, in this week's case, bringing in authors who have an informative perspective on the topic. Either way, I hope you get a new perspective about what your work can be, and maybe even a shot of inspiration to help you get there. So for those of you who tuned in last week, you got to hear about Patricia Ruiz's passion to develop a business consulting offering to help department stores and franchise operations better serve the disability community. She wants to launch this new business in order to improve the lives of this group. She has long served as a psychotherapist and to which she herself belongs as a mother to a daughter with cerebral palsy. So she's done her homework and has a pretty impressive set of numbers that illustrate the business opportunity for her clients. And it it was pretty amazing to hear the number of people that are actually out there that could be well served or better served. That was impressive. So she sees this new opportunity as a way to continue living her purpose and combine the sum total of her life and work experiences in a meaningful way. And I'm cheering for her. I hope she gets there. I hope she does this because I think it would be important for both her community and the business community. And I did hear from a few of you that thought what she was doing was pretty interesting. So if you want to support her further and you didn't get a chance to listen last week, you can visit her blog, which is www.pauseforamoment.com. So that's spelled from, because it's written from a dog's perspective, then the way you spell that is www.paws, the number four, amoment.com. So this week, we're in a totally different place. We're going to be talking with Sherry Elliott Yeary, who will share her perspective and experience with personal and career crossroads. Uh, she's an author of two books, a speaker, trainer, and a coach. So her two books are pretty amazing, and I've read both of them, of course. One is called Ties to Tattoos, Turning Generational Differences into a Competitive Advantage, and the other one is called You Can Have It All, Just Not All at Once. <laughs> So she's been able to make her own way through several crossroads and transitions. I've been an amazing fan of hers through almost a decade. I like to tell how I like to tell you how it is that I meet my guests. So I met Sherry almost a decade ago. I came calling at her door, hoping that the two of us could do business together back uh, in our human capital spaces. And literally, in many ways, it was love at first sight. So we just got each other. We didn't do a lot of business in the beginning, but it was an immediate friendship, and that has lasted for almost a decade now. And I have seen this woman come through some amazing crossroads and transitions. Uh, it's really great to have you in the show, Sherry. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Elise. I'm so thankful to be here and to have an opportunity to share with everybody. Well, to get us started, since not everybody knows you quite the way that I do, will you introduce yourself and say a little bit about what you're doing professionally these days? 
Okay, so these days I am uh, recreating my business at this new crossroads injunction that I have, and I am speaking and working on my generational topics as well as motivational, and obviously getting an opportunity to be on the radio show with Elise and spending more time really figuring out what matters to me most and drawing on what my true strengths are and how can I go out and make a difference in the world. So that's really the path I'm starting to look at and how can I give back to the community that supported me in the best way possible. So what's great about that, Sherry, is a couple things. One is I love the mindful nature of that. So part of what I'm trying to accomplish on the show for my listeners is helping them to connect to work that's more meaningful for them, but also to make it just a more mindful experience for them, whether the work is a stepping stone to something else that they want, that they want in their lives, whether it's, it allows flexibility for what they're trying to accomplish elsewhere, whatever it is, but that mindful intentionality that you just discussed is part of what I'm also trying to encourage listeners to do. So I love that you said that right out of the gate. And it does, it does make me think, since our topic today is crossroads, we should probably define what we mean by crossroads. We do enjoy a, an international listenership, and some of them may not know what we mean by that term. So what do you mean by crossroads? When I think of a crossroad, to me it's a sign. You're standing at a fork in the road, if you can visualize this with me. You're standing up at this big sign, and you can go left or you can go right. And at that moment, whether it's personal or professional, To me, you have a gut instinct and you know which way you're supposed to go. And that's when we hit this crossroads. It's we've come to a dead end of where we are, whether it be in our marriage, our job, whatever it happens to be. And you've got to choose. You've got to powerfully choose to take the left or the right. And to me, that's what a crossroads is. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense for probably most of us. And by the way, let me also say before I forget to say this. I have heard from several people who saw the promotion for this show saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to listen. I need to hear this. I'm at a crossroads. I'm in transition. And I hope that what we talk about today will be helpful to them. So maybe partly to get us started, it might make sense. What kind of life events might people typically experience that might put them at a crossroads? What are some examples? I hear a lot of times people um, find themselves without a job, especially recently. So for an example, you're all of a sudden without the work that you've always done, that's been so meaningful, that supported your family, that could be a crossroads. Or it could be an opportunity to find meaning in what you've really wanted to do. You could have been working in corporate America and that's always what you've done, but it didn't ignite any passion for you. You didn't wake up in the morning and go, yes, this is where I want to go and this is what I want to do. And now all of a sudden you have this opportunity at this crossroads to do what you really love. And that could be painting it could be coaching it could be something totally different but it's now your opportunity to really look at what fuels you what makes you happy and that would be a crossroad it could be the fact that your children are grown and they've gone off to college maybe you have some extra income and now you've got an empty house maybe you can sell the house and use that money to do something you really want invest it in a business travel the world doesn't always have to be a negative when people hear crossroads they automatically think negative something bad has happened so i'd really like to us to think about that it doesn't have to be something bad it could be something wonderful to celebrate you could have spent the last 25 years in the police department and got early retirement that's something to celebrate and now what do you do with your second half that's a crossroads you know you just reminded me of a wonderful crossroads that i had years ago and i'm talking i guess it'd be almost 25 years ago 
in my mid-20s when I was living in Portland, Oregon, and I was dating someone who soon found himself being transferred to Madrid, Spain. And I thought, oh, this is great. He's going to do fantastic. I shook his hand and said, you're going to do great over there, have a great life. And he said, you know, I think you should come with me. And it never occurred to me that I might come with him until that very moment. And I did go. So I ended up having a three-year, wonderful, life-enriching journey. And that was definitely a crossroads. So getting to your point of what's positive versus what's negative, it was an amazing experience. Totally a crossroads. Should I stay or should I go? You know, that song. (laughs) (laughs) And you went. And I went. And I'm so glad I went because I learned Spanish. I learned Portuguese. I got to use my French. I went all over Western Europe, all over South America. And it was... You know, that wonderful thing. I was young, and I leaned into the experience, and I went for it. Good. Yeah. And now, you sort of alluded when you sat here. When you, I asked you, what are you doing these days? And I, I know that you have evolved over time. Everything that I've known about you has been a constant journey of transformation, growth, change, challenge. That's just who I think you are. Um, you alluded to a little bit to something that you were changing, you were in a transition yourself. Can you say a little bit about that? Where are you? What's going on? Yeah, so I've had this opportunity, as I'd like to keep calling it, so it's not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I keep saying opportunity, then it doesn't sound so negative. See, we choose better words for those things. So I'm recently divorced, and I just moved, um, and so you can look at those things as negative, or you can flip them around. And so the first week after I moved, I decided to go to a five-day workshop and work on me. And so I was at this crossroads, and I decided that if I was going to come out on the other end, I wanted to find out what the best was for me. And again, it is an opportunity, and it's a time where you really have to trust yourself and surround yourself with people who love and care for you. And really choose what matters most. And I do believe that when we are faced with those choices, we have to go with what's best for us. Doesn't always make it any easier. The choices are still hard. And for some reason, I always get to make my best transformations through the most difficult choices. (laughs) I think that's just where I do my best learning, quite honestly. I've written both my books out of um, my best transformations. And for that, I'm grateful. And so out of this transformation, I'm sure there will be one or two books that's going to come out of this. So lots of good learning can come from it. And that's the way I tend to look at it, is I'm stuck at that road and I can go left or right. And I always choose the one that's going to fulfill me the most. And I just have faith and I look out and I go I know this is going to give me something at the end of it that's going to be even greater than what I had before but you got to take the first step mm-hmm. and that was so why I wanted to have you on the show Cher is that I, I really just don't know of too many people that I, I know in my life or that I've met along the way of my life who have navigated so many crossroads and transitions as elegantly and powerfully as you have to me there's no option for failure And so if you keep that in your mind, and it's not that we fail, it's just that if you look at it and you go, I choose not to give up. It's like the Nike commercial. I always go, just do it. So when you want to just stop and give up because it's hard, whether that be, you know, you're trying to get fit or you're trying to reach a new fitness goal or you're trying to write a book or get a new job or learn something new, just do it. Just put the next foot in front of the other. And before you know it, you have momentum and you're running. And that is the part that you need to focus on, not the very end result. But I use that response for myself every single day. Okay, it's hard today. Well, get up, put your foot in front of the other. Before you know it, that momentum is picked up. So just do it. 
I'm stealing from Nike. Sorry, Nike. Yeah, we'll, we'll just give Nike credit. How yes, about we that? <laughs> we love Nike. I, I grew up in, I spent many years in Portland, Oregon. I love Nike and I still run in their shoes. So thanks, Nike. Um, well, you make it sound so easy, right? That it is, it, it is easier, though, when you have a perspective that what you're talking about is more can do. And, and one of the things that I really love as a researcher is paying attention to the way people phrase their lives. And so as an example, uh, in my research, I, I did interview various people about their experiences of, of work. And some of those people I, I interviewed two years ago, and I've since come back and said, hey, how's it going? Where are you today? And what's fascinating is several of those people have moved into a better place in their lives or at a higher level of engagement or are more deeply engaged and fulfilled by their work. And you know what? They're doing the exact same work. They're doing it. There's the same job, the same boss, the same work. The only difference is their perspective. They now look at their work as what's good about it? What can I get from it? What can I be grateful for about it instead of maybe what's missing? And so what, when I hear you describe what you're saying, I hear you illuminating this can-do perspective that I think serves us so well. It's a can-do perspective, but also years ago when I decided to step back a little bit from my own personal speaking for the sake of my marriage, um, I started learning how to brand and market for my ex-husband's dental practice. And I could have looked at that as if I was giving up something, but instead I chose to look at it as in I'm learning something. Mm-hmm. And... It was really gratifying for me to learn and to feel like I knew how to do this branding and marketing. And I was going, oh, okay, check the box. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt and went on. And now that I'm not doing that anymore, I have a new lease on my speaking. And I'm coming at it from a whole new perspective that has more energy. I'm more grateful and I'm enjoying it even more than I ever have. And I think a lot of that has come back from... I know that I could do something else if I chose to, many other things, but I choose this line of work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people probably have come back to you after two years of saying, hey, everything's the same, but man, I'm loving it more because Mm -hmm. I've changed my perspective. Mm -hmm. The choice part, one of the things that I consider that that I brand you for or you you branded yourself for is this whole notion of choose. Just choose. Which way is it going to be? I've seen you do that perhaps a million times with people, and and, and I love it. It works every time. Uh, Choose chocolate or vanilla. (laughs) And and one of the answers could be both. Yeah. Right? I choose both. Yeah. Well, well, let's cover this then. Since we're talking about perspective and we're talking about crossroads, and so far we're talking about the positive element of crossroads, let's have you maybe share with us, when considering new opportunities, how can we recognize when something is not the right opportunity for us? What are the warning signs? So we're out there at a crossroads. Something has appeared to us, like perhaps my my chance to, to move to Spain. How do we know that that's a good opportunity versus maybe a not a good one for us? You know, I almost, when you hear that, you're either going to get a light feeling when you're presented with an opportunity like a job. Does it light you up on the inside? Do you get this excitement about it? Um, I would liken it also to the fact that if someone asks you to marry them and run off with them, do you go, oh, wow, that's the best thing that's ever going to happen to me? Or you go, oh, crap, i got to spend the rest of my life with this person. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like that. It's like if you feel it in your gut and it feels light and it feels wonderful and you get tingly, you know that's the right answer. It doesn't mean it's going to be the easy one. Because let me say, moving to Spain and leaving, it's not necessarily easy, but it was the light, right thing for you to do. But if... You're offered a job, and I heard this this weekend, a young lady was offered a job, and she could have done it. She was brilliant, 
but it didn't make her feel happy. It mm-hmm. felt heavy. And those are some of the warning signs. If you don't get all excited and you want to run out and tell all your friends and post it on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everything else, then you know it's not the right choice for you because it doesn't fuel you. You're not going to wake up the next day so excited because it's not your dream. Well, what if, I I totally get that. That makes complete sense. What if there's like that middle road where you see it as an opportunity, but it scares the living crap out of you and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'd like to do that, but I'm scared. I don't know if I could do it. And so you're questioning, should I do it? Am I ready to do it? Then you go find the resources to help prepare you for it. Mm -hmm. If you're excited, but you just don't feel like you have the tools and the skills, identify somebody as your mentor Mm -hmm. who can help prepare you and say, you know what, I'm going for this. Will you be my partner in it? Will you be my my person? Mm -hmm. And find your person and let them be your guide because they will take care of you. They will help prepare you for that moment. You know, I can remember very clearly back in like 2000 when I was transitioning from being an account manager in staffing, which is my first part of my human capital career. My best client at the time was VoiceDream, which is now T-Mobile, asked me, would you come on board and be a a consultant for us and help us transform our HR uh, group into something that's even even more professional and capable of serving the organization? And um, I, of course, wanted to do that because that was part of my interest was to transform myself into a consultant from a salesperson. And I was so excited about that. I literally stayed up all night and I held my poor sister hostage talking about the excitement of the whole thing. And you know me, I'm not a night person. I can't stay up past (laughs) nine or 10 o'clock. So to stay up all night talking about it is a pretty good indication of how excited I was about it. But you're right. In that instance, I knew for sure that that was the crossroads I was going to lean into. I knew knew which way I was going to go. And, you know, and then literally about... Two weeks into my time there as a, as a business consultant, they were talking about laying off all their, their um, contract staffing. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've made the wrong decision. But I got to stay, and I was there for at least a good – well, I, I probably spent a good three or four years in total serving that client. So it was amazing, and uh, I'm grateful that I got that opportunity. And if I hadn't said yes, I don't know where my life would be today. Well, and I just have to, as we get ready to close on that concept, is what if even if you had been laid off, what phenomenal skills and knowledge would you have had and opportunities to go somewhere else and take that with you? Oh, yes. And there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, what I would have done is I would have scrambled around to one of my other clients and said, can I come help you? I'm now a consultant. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So then the positive side. So you would have spun it. I would have. I would exactly. have. Exactly. And it is time for our, our first break here. We've been on the air with Sherry Elliott-Yuri. And if you'd like to learn more about her while we're on break, I really encourage you to take a, take a stroll out to her website. It's, it's www.generationalguru.com. Uh, lots of good stuff on there for you to learn about her and connect with her. And we welcome your questions. Please call us at 1-888-346-9141 or send me an email to elise at elisecortez.com. And we'll join you after the break. Thanks for tuning in. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. All right. Thanks for staying with us. We appreciate that. We've been on the air with Sherry Elliott Urie, and we've been talking so far about uh, crossroads and really the, the enticing ones that allow us to be able to go on to some other interesting aspect of our lives. And while we were on break, we got a caller. So we have a woman in Dallas who wanted to join the conversation. Please go ahead. Um, hi, um, I'm really uh, finding the conversation very inspirational, but I have a question. Um, I suddenly, I'm in my early 60s, and I found myself out into the job market, and um, I had a hard time finding a position, and uh, now I, I love where I work, but I also find that it's very limiting as, as far as financially. And I am, I don't know what I should do if I should try to stay in the profession that I'm in or, you know, try to find a different, different outlet. But I'm very fearful, uh, because of my financial responsibilities. So what kind of suggestion would you have for someone like me? I mean, I love my job, I love my profession, but it's limiting financially. Go ahead, Chair. What do you think? I would uh, suggest that you probably speak with your manager, maybe come up with some ideas on how you can increase revenue and maybe share in that revenue. Because if you like what you do and you like where you work, there might be an opportunity if you can look at how you can help them increase their revenue that you could share in that. And that might be an opportunity for you so that you can keep what you have. And then and then if the organization wins, then you win. And I think that's only fair. If you can show them that you've made a difference in their bottom line, then that gives you the opportunity to share in that as well. And then if not, 
then starting to think about what you're really good at and maybe even just adding something part-time if you have an opportunity, something you're passionate about. And if that doesn't work, you can add in some of the part-time work that maybe gives you the opportunity to be out there in front of people. And um, if you're interested in doing something like a sales position, that gives you the uh, flexibility of working at your own hours. And uh, that may give you another opportunity to figure that into your, your current role. Well, thank you. That's 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 a very good good suggestion. Um, and then another thing is is that um, when you've been working and and on a day to day basis, and what do you do to just the little things that you can do to just make it exciting or or change in routine? Uh, you know, to because it can be jobs can be mundane. So sure. what? Is there any kind of little things that you can do to make your make it new or fresh? Yeah, one of the things that I believe in doing is I start my day off with journaling and I read something that's um, very important to me. And so that kicks my day off with some passion and purpose. Uh, for me personally, which I believe transforms into our work. So the minute we walk into work, we have a whole new perspective and that kind of feeds into the work environment. But then on top of that, I would subscribe to daily um, quotes or different things within your industry so you can stay up on what's the latest within whatever industry you're in so that you can keep those snippets coming and maybe share with your group. And that is makes it different too. So one, you keep your knowledge up so that maybe if it doesn't work out with where you are, you can apply that knowledge somewhere else. But it also keeps your knowledge going and keeps you interested in what you're doing. I might offer one more thing as well, as I consider the question. One of the things that I've been fascinated with is this idea of a, of a curiosity mindset. And, and I've been told that if you're a curious person, you can never really be bored. And so I don't know to what extent you have the ability to, to talk with or query people that you work with, whether they're, I don't know if you've got clients or, or if, who comes in for your work, but um, if there's a way to simply dialogue with them, learn more about what's going on for them or ask questions about uh, their lives, what they do for work. Who knows where that might take you? I wonder if that might help a little bit to open up some vistas for you and also just make it more interesting. I mean, I'm one of those weird people that you never want to meet in the grocery line who, before you finish, right, I know most of your life story because I can't help it. Well, you won't get finished. That's the problem. (laughs) You'll never leave the store. (laughs) Right, I'm not suggesting that you be like me because we don't need more than one of me hanging around this world. But but certainly the curiosity piece might, might be interesting if you can just ask a couple questions along the way. Okay. Well, that's a good suggestion. Okay, well, thank you. That's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate you joining the dialogue. Thank you so much. All right, good luck. Uh Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so before, up until this time, we've been talking about how crossroads or transitions can be really positive, amazing things, so we lean into them. Let's just change it up a smidge here, because sometimes crossroads aren't always positive. They catch us off guard, they scare us, we didn't ask for them, and we didn't see it coming. So... um, Let's let's think about this notion of how can we recognize maybe when we're stuck or at a crossroads. Maybe it's just sort of creeping up on us. Let's go with that first. Oh, I don't know if any of mine have ever crept up on me. They just kind of slammed me in the face and went, hello, I'm here. <laughs> like it or not, here I am. This is probably true. This is true, yes. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, you forgot. This is time where you need to learn to change. So I will share with you last July, I was... Um, Unbeknownst to me, I thought I was in a very happy life. My world was all right in every imaginable way. Um, Happily married, 
I thought I had everything going the way it's supposed to. By the way, that's when you get nervous. And I kept thinking, oh, everything's wonderful. And then all of a sudden, I get the dreaded phone call. Something's wrong with my daughter. My daughter, who'd been clean for almost eight and a half years, was using again. That was the first sign for me. I didn't ask for that, obviously. That was the sign that got threw up in my face. And I'd always known that if she'd ever started using again, I thought my world would collapse. It would be over for me. Okay, well, I survived that for a couple of weeks. Then, unbeknownst to me, my happy marriage, my husband wants to divorce. So there's number two. And it just went, okay, so now I have a crossroads. I have my daughter's in trouble. My husband wants a divorce. What else can go wrong? What else is there? And that was kind of my response. And and as Elise and my friends know me well, I was like, okay, what am I supposed to be seeing in this? And that was really one of my first responses and all that. What is it that I'm supposed to see? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing with this? Because there really was something. There was a message in all of that. So no, I did not ask for it. But there was learning in it. And there was opportunity once I got my thumb out of my mouth, out of the fetal position, which, you know, everybody has a right (laughs) to do that for a small amount of time. However, once I did that, I went, okay, now it's time for action. Now it's time to decide. Now I need to surround myself with people that are going to help me choose differently. And that's really when it comes from a crossroad that you didn't ask for, you didn't see coming. And it's more like you're standing at the crossroad, you know, where the the train comes. It's when you get hit by the train. You're standing in front of the crossroad instead of behind and the train kind of smacks you and hits you over. That's what happens. And those happen. And I met a wonderful lady when I was speaking at a conference here locally and she came up and she said, I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. And she said, and I didn't even know if there was any seats left at this conference. And she said, but I came anyway. And she said, I was in, got laid off. I was driving home with my dog in the car with my little belongings from my job and someone sideswiped me. And she said, I made it to the hospital. Now I walk with like an inch difference in my foot and I'm in constant pain. And she said, and I've always felt sorry for myself. And then I see that you're speaking on this. You can have it all topic. And I decided I had to come. Now, what were the chances that I was going to get to meet this woman and get to have conversation with her and go, I need to talk to you? And she was in HR, so I was able to help her find her next job because she was unemployed. Now, she was at one of those negative crossroads, and I was meant to meet her. And so this work, and by sharing that, gave me an opportunity to connect with her and have a real one-on-one. Hmm. Wow, I can totally envision that scenario. I can totally see it happening. I can totally see it playing out. That's amazing. And that you got to be there for her is fantastic. I think you listeners are starting to have a pretty good idea of why I asked Sherry to come on the show to talk (laughs) on this topic. Pretty amazing stuff, yeah? Uh, So a a couple more things on this notion of of when we're looking at these crossroads here, thinking about them sneaking up us and especially. You mentioned when things are really, really going well, maybe that's, we should kind of maybe pay attention to that. Maybe you were joking. I don't know. But is there something that maybe we should pay attention to when when we're considering maybe are we stuck? Is there a transition that maybe we could go through here that might improve our situation? Is there anything we could pay attention to? Absolutely. I think when we, when I said that um, everything was going well, I was actually being sarcastic. Okay. Because um, <laughs> if it was going so that's well, not it, that okay. would have been really ignorant of me to end up being divorced a month later. So really, no. Um, when you're stuck, you really, when you could look around and you go, Am I really being happy? Am I, are you having issues with 
not exercising the way you used to? Are you having engaged friendships or are you backing away from them? And I thought about it today because I have a friend who is choosing to step away from her deep friends. And she's doing that because she knows as her closest friends, we're going to dig it out of her. So that's a signal. That's one of those that's one of those moments and you know that are you choosing not to be who you truly are and you're known for. And I know for the last year before maybe a year and a half before my divorce came and my friends will tell you I stopped accepting dinner invitations, engagement requests. You did. Because yeah, and Elise will tell you I just fell off the planet earth because I did not want to be seen in public and for those who knew me It was really not because I didn't love my friends. It was because they would know that paradise wasn't really paradise anymore. And that was a true telltale sign for me. And so it's really important that you pay attention to those little signals. When you stop being as social as you are, you stop doing the things you truly love. And you're doing it because there's something going on. Those are the signs. Those are the red flags. Mm. One of the things I think about as I hear you talk is I can't help but but cast back to some of my lifespan uh, development theory that I learned when I was studying. And we think about there are, sometimes there may be predictable bumps in the road that might cause us to go into to a transition. Can you think of anything that we might pay attention to? These are kind of obvious known things that kind of send people into crossroads or transition. Well, one of them, um, from a female perspective, I'm just going to say menopause. So okay, back sure. in 2012, I was going through menopause and I joke and say, yeah, I was mainlining Skittles and white wine. And, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? I'm only 42 years old. This isn't supposed to be right. Um, so, you know, it could be something like that. But I wasn't even aware that this could be why my body was changing and why I was a raving lunatic and mm-hmm. what was going on. But it's being aware of some of those things that it doesn't have to happen when everybody else says it's going to happen. It's just a matter of being aware, is something going on with my body that's different? Or am I feeling okay? And just being in tune with what's going on with yourself and seeking the care from a medical professional or um, doing whatever it is you need to do to take care of yourself. Are you over committed? A lot of times we're just over committed and we do too much. Mm. And those are a lot of times where we end up missing out on the signals because we're too busy just running, running, running because we don't want to deal with what's really going on. It's like peeling back the onion. When we are overcommitted and overscheduled, we're never going to stop long enough to breathe, let alone see what's really going on underneath. Mm-hmm. And some of us are faster than others at that process I've learned. I know for me personally, I'm not one of those people who immediately gets that something's maybe not right for me. I can remember very distinctly when I was in a, a, I had co-founded a business and I had a business partner and things turned out not to be quite right there in paradise. And we did end up parting our ways, actually amicably overall. But for quite a while, I really wasn't a very happy camper and I really didn't understand that. I didn't. I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. And in in hindsight, in conversation with my friends, they said, oh my gosh, Elise, you were so hard to be around. Oh, I think it was me who sent you a letter, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) You were one of the friends, yes. Um, I miss you. Where are you? Yes, you were one of them going, where the heck are you? Mayday, mayday. But, But others also said in hindsight, you know, you just really were not very fun to be around. But I was, I didn't have that awareness. It took me some time for it to make its way from my gut and maybe my heart level into my head where I could make sense of it. And I just know that about myself. So this idea of awareness is really interesting. Do you, do you have any suggestions to help people and me um, 
become more aware, maybe more sooner, more effectively? One of the things I found the best for me to be more aware and more in tune with myself is really spending time. And I know it's it's painstaking because it is for me, but I journal every day. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I do in the morning is my journaling. And at night, I write down in my, in my, in my journal at night, it, it's my grace journal, by the way, that I'm grateful for. And if you look back over a week and you've got very few things you're grateful for, come on. And you know something's sucking in your life, and you better take a good look at it. So it's really interesting because if you can write down five or six things that you're grateful for at the end of the day. So when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to say I'm so grateful for this conversation and this opportunity to be here with you and share with everybody. And, you know, you list those things. Well, that keeps you present and in the moment. And if you can look back on that and go, wow, there's not a lot I'm happy for because I haven't been out with people or I haven't been enjoying my work or I haven't been working with the clients I want. Well, the law of attraction is happening. You're miserable, so you're not getting what you need out there. And so I think in the morning, you can really spend a few minutes with yourself going, checking in and and, and writing a quick little journal. But at night, when you say what I'm grateful for, there's not much you're grateful for. It's really affecting you. Mm. That's a great point. I also have begun journaling some too, and I have found it to be incredibly helpful to help me become more mindful. And so I think I completely agree with that. And in order to also help as many listeners as we can out there, one of the things I wanted to be sure and do in this episode was give them as much ideas or advice as we can to help them through. If they're at a crossroads or a transition, what else can you suggest maybe for strategies to help them through a transition or crossroads? Yeah. Surround yourself with other positive people. Um, Find people that are like-minded that, um, for better words, that'll call you on your crap. And, you know, I believe we have lots of people we know but I have very few friends that love me. And it would be just like Elise. She would call me on my crap. If I'm not living my life, my true life, I want people who I know who will surround me and tell me what I'm doing and what I'm not doing and won't let me hide in the shadows that will be there and tell you the honest truth. You know, what about when you're wearing a dress and you go, ooh, does this make me look fat? Somebody who's really going to not tell you the truth is because they're hiding. Someone who loves you, they're going to say, oh, girl, get that thing off. You want to be with someone who really cares and surround yourself with friends. Go ask them. Make the effort. And so I have this philosophy this year. I say yes to just about everything. I trust my gut and I just say yes. And the reason I'm doing that is so that I can find out what it is I really want to do and what I really like. So when you are at these crossroads and you don't know what to do, explore, read as much as you can, Google, find online um, chats about things, go to blogs, read other motivational blogs, get books, talk about discussion groups, find a group, start a group. You know, I'm talking to one of my girlfriends about inviting 10 different women and just being each other's group to talk about things in a safe, protected environment that you know isn't going to go all over. Nobody's going to shame you for having a conversation that is outside the norm. Start your own group. You know, one of the things that came to my mind as you were talking that I think is so important to to emphasize to our listeners is what you said about being around positive or like-minded people. I'll tell you, misery loves company, right? And it's amazing how when you are going through something that's hard sometimes, and maybe you've got somebody in your life who is too, uh, they may not be as motivated as you are to get through that transition to a positive place. It's easier just to sort of stay and maybe commiserate and just say, well, I hate it, it's awful, but I don't want to do anything about it. 
So one thing that I would add to that strategy is is to really make sure you're careful about who you associate with. And if you do have somebody in your life that is really that heavy naysayer, that is, don't even try. What's the point? You can't do it anyway. You're not going to be able to pull this off. I mean, that's a crazy idea. Why would you want to go try to pursue that job? You don't have any experience, whatever it is, right? We've heard those things from people, even people that really love us. They, they, they are afraid and are giving you a counsel from their perspective, their fears. So be really cognizant of who it is that you're surrounding yourself with. And, and, and you might need to be selective about how much time you spend with those people that maybe aren't giving you what you need at that time. Guess what? Look, you get to choose who your friends are. And I really challenge you, if they do not fill you, motivate and lift you, fire them I did it Friday night to somebody who I've had as a friend for a very long time it was painful it was heartbreaking but if it is not productive and it does not help you and it just holds you back fire them your life is too short and it's meaningful get rid of them and move on and find somebody else wow wow and on that note it's time for us to take a a short commercial break here and when we come back I want to talk with you a little bit more about your, your your latest book as well so stay tuned we'll be back after the break Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Divorce leaves behind some lasting scars. Besides the emotional impact of starting over, keeping your family in order, co-parenting, and the general confusion that comes with it, there are also financial impacts, slow and grueling legal processes, and lack of support and resources to turn to. Tune in to Divorce Sucks, a smart girl's guide to doing it better, with host Laura Maiola. We'll bring you the tools to sort it all out the right way. Every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. All right. Thanks for staying with us. I appreciate you hanging with us. Um, we are here with Sherry Elliott Year. We've been talking about, a lot about crossroads and transformations and each of our own personal connections to those interesting topics. While we were away on break, we had a caller come in. Catherine from Dallas, go ahead. 
Um, yes, hi. I wanted to just inquire. I love your show. Um, but I wanted to have you guys touch base and talk about um, mentoring and how to choose a good uh, a mentor, how to, to kind of go about pulling that into your life versus a pal or a friend that may not be helping you get where you need to go. Mm, great question. Cher, what do you got? Mm, thank you for your question. I think we can find mentors in many different areas, and it really has to be um, something that, if it's for business, think about someone that you admire and that you'd like to model after. And then think about the values that you're looking for or the areas of growth that you want, and then go out and seek that. So it could be in an area that maybe you're going to a chamber meeting, you might meet someone there, it could be somebody at work, and you just really want to think about what is it that I'm trying to get from this mentorship And what am I willing to do to invest in it? Because a lot of people, I mentor all the time from an informal perspective, and I do a lot more mentoring than I do any coaching, any formal coaching, because I believe if you want something bad enough, someone is always given a time to us, we need to give back. But it has to be something where I know that the person's actually going to find some value in what I can part. And and so you need to think about if you're going to approach somebody Think about what it is that they can do for you. They can teach you. They can show you and help mentor you along. And that's how you're going to identify the person you need so that you have similar values and interests. And then you go after them. I might add something to that, uh, Catherine, is that as you're considering somebody that you might that you might see value in mentoring you, I might also encourage you to see is there any way that you see any synergy between the two of you? Is there anything that maybe you see that perhaps you could help them? The best mentors are right the busiest people. They are people that have got a lot going on. And so if there's any way you can consider their lives, their work, what you know of them, maybe, and that might take an exploratory conversation to see maybe there's a way that in that process of you receiving that mentorship that you can help them too. I always find that, go ahead, sorry. I always find that when I mentor somebody, I always walk away and I've gotten something from it. I have learned something. I have gotten um, a happiness. I've gotten a education about something I didn't know. I always walk away recharged and re-energized. And so if you can figure out how you do that with somebody else, it's a win-win situation. You might just make them laugh. And getting them out, like Elise is laughing right now, but I can say some really stupid things that can make Elise laugh. And so if that gets me a cup of coffee with her or sitting over a microphone, I'm going to do it. So, you know, <laughs> you just you think about it and there's a lot of fun things that just make it a duel. It's, it's just a give and take, you know, the yin and the yang. And so, you know, if you have that synergy with that person, it's not like an ask to give up a task. They're going to want to do it. They're going to want to be with you. Thanks for calling in, Catherine. Anything else you want to ask before we let you go away? No, I want to hear about the book. Okay, that's the next topic. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Bye. All right, well, let's talk about this. You have had a couple of books. It's been amazing to watch you even go through that process of growing in and becoming an author and developing yourself. Uh, it's just really remarkable and inspiring to be in your world and, and see that, observe it, and also be part of that energy exchange where we get to learn and grow together, and I, I love that. And this second book, you, you call it You Can Have It All, Just Not All at Once. What prompted you to write this book? Let's start with that. What I found interesting in the year 2012, I had this massive brain idea that I was going to write a second edition of Ties to Tattoos (laughs) and at the same time write You Can Have It All. So I did both books the same year. And I had the wonderful opportunity to work with an HR client of mine and I met a recruiter and every morning we were just these early birds and we would just talk and 
she ended up with breast cancer again for the second time. And I had known her less than a year. And she made such an impact on my life. I could not even begin to explain. And when she ended up getting sick again, I used to go out to her home in Salina. And I'd crawl in bed with her. And I'd sit and talk to her. And we had these very deep, long conversations. And one of the last ones before she passed, she said to me, I'm not ready to die yet. She said, I have a lot left to give this world. And her boys were just going off to college, and she and her husband were getting ready to celebrate their second half, and they were going to spend that crossroads together, creating what their next part of their life was going to look like. And I thought, if today was the last day and I had on earth, what would people remember me for? And that was pretty much what she was saying to me, and that's what the book was about. And so the choice was asking women I know, hey, if today was your last day, what would you want to be known for? Because it's not going to be the car we drive. It's not going to be the house we live in. It's the difference we're going to make in somebody else's world. And that's what I wanted on my tombstone. And so it was, hey, you can't have it all. So how can we be happy with what we do have in this moment? In this moment, we do have what we want. And so that was the whole concept. And so I invited other women to share what having it all. And at first I said they could do it anonymously. They didn't have to own up and put their name. And then all of a sudden, so many women said, no, I really, I'm okay with my name. And there was a couple who said no. And I went, okay, then you can't be in the book. Because all these other phenomenal women are willing to authentically share what having it all is, the good, bad, and the ugly. And then all of a sudden I had to share my whole story. And to go along with the book and and so that we could include everybody, it starts, every chapter starts out with a business quote and every chapter ends with a spiritual quote and tips and tools on how to do self-care, the power of yes and no. So the concept of the book was you could flip it open to any chapter. You can see pictures of the other women who have contributed and you can get some tips and tools because that might be what you're feeling at that exact moment. And so it's the idea of just being thankful for where you are instead of thinking about what you don't have. Okay, so what I heard from that, among other things, is it sounds to me like you encountered, uh, maybe not a crossroads, but a a transition, literally, of your friend who was going to leave the earth. That is a really interesting, and the way that you chose to respond to that is pretty phenomenal. You've written a book that is meant to inspire and guide and give hope to other people. I think that's pretty amazing. It was amazing because she gave me that gift and on the one year anniversary of her death, we did the book launch and her husband and her two boys got to be there in her honor and the book was devoted and dedicated to her. And it was so neat to see so many people interested in the book and then Ebby Halliday at the ripe age and feisty little self that she is at 103 endorsed the book. And, you know, from a generational perspective, I thought that was absolutely fabulous. And I've seen men embrace this book because they have mothers, sisters, daughters, wives. And it has just been so heartwarming for me to see that it is um, a totally different message than I've ever written before. And it's very close for me, obviously. And um, I'm just so thankful that this woman popped into my life for less than a year and was able to make such a big impact on me. And I'm grateful because if she could do that for me, her message is actually doing that for so many others through me. Part of the what I think is great for the lessons for all of us in that story you just told us is, again, how you chose to respond to that. I mean, so much of what we've been talking about in the show is 
what are we going to do when a crossroads does present itself to us? Whether it's a positive one or whether it's a not so positive one, what are we going to do? And that choice, and it is a choice, is so important and so powerful. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show again is that I think the way that you choose to respond to transitions and crossroads is so incredibly telling about you that it really it is who you are at your core. And I think we can learn so much from that. We can be inspired by that. We can we can see the the modeling in that. And, and it just it's remarkable that you would have that response. I think others might just want to go back into the fetal position you talked about before and, and, have, and navigate it that way, which is an okay response too. Sure. Uh, but what you did, it, you know, how long did it take you to write that book, by the way? In less than a year, I harnessed 40 fabulous women with big egos, let me just say, <laughs> and uh, put them in the book. And we had some wonderful conversations and um, it was great and it was wonderful to have all of us come together under one common concept and that was to help share what having it all meant in her memory to do what we needed to do from that perspective and to let her memory live on in that way and it just started from a small conversation and that's what I'd really like to impart when I share that with you is this book came from a place of one conversation with one woman at my client's office and it turned into a friendship that it'll touch me for the rest of my life and then a book. And I could have said, oh, well, that was a great friend. I loved her and been done with it. But instead, I went that knowledge that she gave to me and that friendship is something I want to share with everybody else because there's not enough of that in this world. There's not enough of us being able to say, you know what, we are great. We are wonderful. We're whole and complete. Mm-hmm. That is so beautiful. We're coming close to the to the end of the show already here. So be, before I let you go, um, do you have any other parting thoughts about crossroads, life transitions, anything else that maybe we want to share with the listeners and send them on their way? Yes, stay away from in front of the crossroads because the trains come a lot faster. (laughs) Be a little more proactive than me. Step behind. And when you see them, powerfully stand up and say, yes, just do it. And I know the listeners can't see, but um, we're not on TV, but I do have on my diva boots because that always makes me feel better. I always say when you're ready to try a transition, it's like putting on a new dress or a new outfit or a new pair of shoes. Try it on. If it doesn't work, try something else on and go on to the next thing. Nothing is permanent or forever. So it's just a choice. Just choose. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just a choice. And then try it again. So look great, feel great, and just keep trying put one foot in front of the other and before you know it you're going to be running wow what a wonderful way to finish the show Sherry it has been so great to have you on I I knew that you'd be a terrific guest you've been a terrific friend you've been a terrific mentor to me as well to Catherine's question earlier Uh, and I knew that you would have advice to share with our listeners that would be meaningful and as I said before I had many people reach out to me and say oh I can't wait to listen to the show I need this this is timely for me so I'm hoping that several of our listeners got something from this, this conversation today. I bet they did. I'd love to hear from you, by the way, if you did find this meaningful or interesting or you heard something different for the first time that really mattered to you, I'd love to hear from you. So drop me a line at Elise, uh, um, my email, which is Elise at EliseCortez.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, to finish here, I, I want to I say that next week, when we think about who's coming up behind Sherry, and Sherry's a tough act to follow, is she not? I'm, uh, the next guest also has some fantastic energy as well, and I think you'll enjoy his story. 
but we've this week we purposely talked about crossroads and transitions because it kept coming up in conversations and I thought it was timely. So next week what we're going to do is we're going to have Derek Smith on the show. And Derek is someone that I've known also for several years. I, I met him through my volunteer activities through the YMCA when I was a board member and then the, the chairman of the board. Today he serves as the VP of operations at the Fort Worth YMCA and he's really going to share with us how he got into the work that he does because he does love it. He finds it meaningful and he what he loves the best about it is the kids and the volunteers that he gets to touch and develop. And so for him, how he got into that, he's been at it for 24 years. After all this time, how can it still be meaningful? So for him, he's one of the, he's an example of what I would call from my research, if any of you have been out on my website, he's somebody that I would say is authentically impacting society. That's how he's experiencing his work. Um, and by the way, with Sherry, I might say that he, uh, she's probably been in self-actualizing, but also I think she's pretty much living her purpose these days. So it's been great to have you on the show, Sherry. Thanks for, for joining us. Thank you, Elise, for having me. And everybody have a fabulous evening. And I'll, I'll look forward to touching base with you all next week. Have a great one. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thank you.